Come, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Exalt simply means to lift up. And the Bible teaches us that there is no God higher or no God greater than our God. Did you hear me this evening? That there is no God greater, there is no God above your God. The Bible tells us, and we, 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 we quote it all the time, but I want you to realize that one day that we will see every knee bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Aren't you thankful that He's not just Lord, but He's Lord of all? Amen. Aren't you thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Give the worship team a hand for leading us into worship this evening. I want to thank those that have come to me and encouraged uh, me and my family or praying for my family. Um, Some of you heard this morning that my grandfather, 78 years of age, went home to be with the Lord very unexpectedly Friday morning. Um, Tell you right now... uh, I need the Lord's help tonight. But I believe He's going to meet us here. I believe He's going to meet us here. I was telling Sierra earlier today, and she said, You know, you don't have to, to, to preach tonight. Um, and I said, Well, I, I do. I just feel like I need, the word, need to preach. The Lord's given me a word. And I told her as I began to study it, it was similar to a message I preached about five years ago on my birthday on a Monday night in Hillsboro, Ohio, when my mother's father had passed away just a few nights earlier. And I said, I, I, I just feel like this is a Holy Ghost setup tonight. And I believe he's going to speak to our hearts as he spoke to mine. If you would turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, we're going to dive into a somewhat familiar portion of Scripture. Story that many of you that have grown up in church may have heard countless times. The Lord revealed it to me in a way that I'd never known before, never seen before. We're going to begin in verse 3. First two verses of this chapter simply just tell us that Saul, who would later become known as Paul, has lifted his hand up against the church of Jesus Christ. He's a Pharisee. He's on his way to Damascus to persecute and arrest and imprison those professing the name of Jesus. Verse 3 says, And as he journeyed, He came near to Damascus and suddenly there there shined round about him a light from heaven. Someone say light. A light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? 
And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou is persecutest. It is hard for them to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but, he, but they led him by the hand and brought him in to Damascus. Let us skip forward to verse 17 to fill in the gaps here. A man by the name of Ananias, a man of God, a follower of Christ, is approached by Jesus himself and says, you need to go down to a place in the city of Damascus and you'll find a man by the name of Saul and I have a word for him. And he tells him that he is a chosen vessel in verse 15. But in verse 17 it says, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, and how comest, and how, and thou, and as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, someone say sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received his sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. And, when, and then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were in Damascus. Let us pray this evening. God, we come before you. And Lord, I ask that your heart would be spoken to and through me this evening, Father, to articulate the way that you presented this to me in, in my time of study and time alone with you, Father. I believe that there is a, a hidden, if you will, a, a hidden passage, a hidden message in this portion of Scripture that applies to not only the church today, but this body of believers Lord, I ask that our ears would be open, that we would hear, our hearts open, that we would receive what your Spirit has for us this evening. We ask this all in Jesus' wonderful and mighty and powerful name. And the church says, Amen. Again, this is a very familiar portion of Scripture. Saul is going to persecute the church of the living God. And he stopped along the way. The Bible tells us that a great light shone round about him and it caused him to lose his vision. He lost his vision. He was led to a horse and led into the city and led into a home. And the word of God came to a man of God and said, Listen, you need to go down and pray that not only would he be baptized in the Holy Ghost, but that he, the scales would fall from his eyes and that he would receive his vision Again, I want to preach to you tonight on the title of Regaining the Sight. Regaining 
the sight. You've heard me preach on vision many different times, many different ways probably. And, and I, I'm sorry for that, but I can only preach what God gives me. I, I, I'm stuck to those parameters. I have to preach what God preaches to me. And what we have in the church world today, and it's no, nothing new to us in this house, but we have a church that has no vision. Our, our, our vision as a, the American church is, let's see all the programs and all the things we can do to get people excited, to get them in the church house. And listen, I'm all for bringing people into the church house, but I'm more about keeping people in the church house. Listen, I, I, am, I have to, to be frank with you. We have a church, a church culture in America today that, that says you're, oh, it's all about filling the pews. But how, how many times have we made it about filling the pews and not made it about filling the baptismal? We've lost our vision. We lost our sight. I, I, I told this congregation, I believe I told pastor that there was a, a minister, a, a very prominent minister in the state of Ohio. And he came out at, towards the second half of this year. And he had this big camp meeting. And he said, listen, I have been, I have, I've lost my focus. I've taken my eyes off the lost. And I will tell you from now on as your pastor, our sole concentration will be nothing but souls. What he was saying was, I lost the vision. I lost sight of what the Holy Ghost wanted to do. I lost sight of the mission and the commission. I lost sight of those around me and I thought it was about this and I thought it was about that and I thought I was doing the right thing. You see, Saul thought he was doing the right thing. He was thinking he was, he was going to get rid of these religious zealots. Thought he was doing the right thing. But God had to take his vision. He had to take his vision. I want you to notice something with me tonight. Something that, that I never noticed really before. But sight... Receiving our vision, our sight back as a body of Christ is preceded by having an encounter with the light. You can't have sight without having an encounter with the light. Sounds elementary, but you've heard me preach many times from this platform. You've heard me say many times as an electrician by trade, I know where there's light, there's power. These lights don't magically just come on. We don't flip a switch and, and nothing happens. There's wires and there's connections and there's raceways and, and there's light bulbs and there's sockets and, and there's all these things that go into to, to producing light. And what I want you to know today is that we have a body of Christ that has no vision. It's because we've lost the power or the light source, the thing that, that makes us burn bright for God. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5, on the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus said, you are to be a shining city on a hill. You're to be a light to this world. And we find that the church house in America is so dark and so dim 
I'm going to be frank with you this evening and talking to, to, to pastors that I know and been in ministry for the years and, and they have told me in confidence saying, listen, I, I, I would love for souls to come in, but every week I have to make sure my congregation's still saved. I have to make sure every week that they're not, that they're not slumping back into depression again. Listen, I, I know it's hard. I, I know it's rough. But listen, what we need is a fresh encounter with the power of Almighty God. What we need is not only for His presence to come down, but for His presence to come and impact us in such a way that it knocks us off our horse, if you will, like it did Saul. And he's lying on the ground. And he says, God, what do you want? What do you want from me? And he says, listen, I don't want this or that. All I want is you and your surrender. We've lost our vision because we've lost the light. We've lost our vision because we've lost sight of who God really is. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I want you to notice something with me. You can turn with me if you like. But I'm going to Genesis chapter 1. The Lord revealed this to me in a way. And listen, God may have revealed this to you many years ago. But it's fresh to me. So I'm going to preach it like it's fresh. Genesis 1 and 1 says, In the beginning God created heaven. And the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And catch this. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And I want you to notice something in verse 4. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the, the evening and the morning were the first day. Say, so how is that linked? I want you to notice that God said in verse 3, let there be light. But it says in verse 4, and God saw the light. Light precedes vision. You can't see anything unless the lights are on. I'm going to ask my helpers. TJ, I'm going to need you. Carly, I'm going to need you. Marie, I'm going to need you. Emma, I'm going to need you tonight. Got your signs over there. Many of you remember these signs. I tell you, God said, I saw the light and it was good. But he never said he saw anything until it was illuminated in the light. What that means is the power was on. Nothing was visible. Nothing, everything was out of sight, out of mind. You can come up here and stand behind me tonight. Everything was out of sight and out of mind until the lights came on. I know in my life... 
I've looked for things in the dark. I've looked for the bathroom in the middle of the night. We all know how that goes. You stub your toe. Why? Because the light's not on. Because light precedes vision. Light precedes vision. So, I want to show you something tonight that God began to deal with me. I preached a message many months ago about these signs shall follow them. The Bible tells us, Mark chapter 16, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. These signs shall follow them. These signs should follow me. Come on, walk with me again. These signs shall follow me everywhere I go. When I walk into my work environment, healing, prophecy, faith, they should follow me. When I walk into my home, healing, faith, and prophecy, they should follow me. When I walk into my school, young people, healing, faith, and the miraculous should follow me. Because the Bible says these shall follow them, these signs shall follow them that believe. He tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. I know it's a little traffic up here, but you're just going to have to bear with me for a moment. He says, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? To be witnesses. We've learned already in Matthew chapter 5 that we're to be a light. What he was saying is, when the power comes upon you, the light will come on and everyone will see the signs. But I'll tell you what's happening in the day and hour we're living in is the lights are out. Keaton, help me out. It's hard to see the signs when we're in the dark. We have a world that's longing to see the signs, but the church house is dark. We have a world that's dying for the miraculous. That's longing for someone to prophesy that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. We have a world that is desiring to see healing take place in their heart and in their soul and in their mind. I I tell you that there is a world out there that is longing for someone to have faith to move some mountains. There is a world out there saying, I want what you have. I want what I've heard about. But they walk into the church house and we find that it's dark and they say I don't see any signs I don't see anything the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that the earth was full of darkness it was without form and it was void there was nothing to be seen in verse 3 God said let there be light Keaton let the lights come on tonight let there be light and there was light and he saw the light and saw that it was good what we have an absence of in the church house today is a vision problem we don't see these things happening we don't see these things taking place it's because we have forgotten that God moved upon the depths of our soul one day that we were without form we were without void we we didn't have any structure in our life we were dead and dying in our trespasses and our sin and we were going to a place called hell but he began to brood on us he began to breathe on us He began to move upon us. He began to to do the miraculous in our life. And he said, listen, I said, let there be light. Let there be light.
be power. Let there be vision. Let there be healing. Let there be the miraculous. Let there something take place. Let them see what I want to do in their lives. Can I get an amen in the house? We need some vision. Thank you. You can sit down tonight. Thank you. Give my helpers a hand tonight. But see, power means there's light. And light means there's power. But there's no vision. Nobody's seeing those signs. Because the light's not on in the church anymore. The light's not on in the church anymore. The Bible tells us again in Genesis 1. That the earth was without form. It was without, and it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. I want you to catch something here. I want to throw this in, a nugget for you. It says, in the spirit of, the God, of God moved upon the face of the waters. Bible, or what really science teaches us, that we need water to live. God was creating a planet for, for, for life to be sustained. The, the science teaches us, anatomy teaches us, that our bodies is made up of almost two-thirds water. We are full, we, we're almost full of water. We need water to build muscle. We need water to, 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 to function. We need water to live. There are days, listen, you can drink all the, the pop you want to and all these things, but there's nothing like on a hot day drinking some cool water. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that he, the Spirit of God began to move upon the water. We need water to live. Water is in us. But the Bible tells us in John chapter 7 and verses 37 through 39 that Jesus stood up on the last day of that great feast. And he stood up and he said, listen, if you're thirsty, you come to me and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he said, this is representative of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that the Spirit is moving upon the water. I want you to realize this. I want you to realize this young person. I want you to realize this adult. Do you realize that when the Holy Ghost moves upon the water, he's looking at a picture of himself. And if we are made up of two-thirds water, when he sees you, he sees part of himself. You think, oh, well, I'm useless. He says, no, there's, there, there's life in you. There's rivers in you that's just waiting to come out of you. Say, so I can't do it. No, there, there's something more in you. See, the Bible says again that it, the earth was without form and void and it was in darkness. But when the Holy Ghost began to move, God said, let there be light. And something came forth out of the Spirit of God and there was light. And he said, I saw it. And it was good. The psalmist says, we quote it all the time, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, we need people to come in here and not only taste Brother Brian, but we have to let them see that signs still follow them that believe. Signs still follow them that believe. Bible tells us that Saul in Acts chapter 9 had an encounter with the light. And at first it cost him his vision. But he didn't realize that three days later, 
Ananias would come to his house where he was staying. And that the Holy Spirit had begun to move upon the waters of his soul. And Ananias walked into that house. He said, Paul, I've come here to lay my hands on you. And I'm here, I'm here so that you may receive your sight. So that you would regain your vision. But also, not that you will only regain your vision. But that encounter with your, that you had with the light. God has told me that he wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with power. He wants the light to come on in you so bright that you'll be able to minister to those they said would never be reached. He wants you, he wants the power of God to come upon you so strong that they're going to look at you and say, Paul, you're crazy. You're nuts, man. And he said, listen, I'm just going to do the work of the Father. I don't care if they beat me. I don't care if they whip me. I don't care what the enemy tries to do to derail me because I've had an encounter with the light and now I've regained my sight and the light has come on in my life. I've had an encounter with the Holy Ghost and with fire and with power. I feel an anointing coming on me. I feel something that I've never felt before and I'll tell you what, I want someone else to see that it is good. Hallelujah tonight. We're not seeing the sights we're not seeing the signs. We're not seeing the sights because we've lost the light. We're not seeing the sights because we've lost the light. Church, I want you to know today, God is looking for a group of people that he called out to in John chapter 7 when he said, those who are thirsty, come and drink. Come and drink because I have rivers of living water. He also tells us in Matthew chapter 5, he says, listen, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, what they shall, not they might be, not they hope to be, but they shall. That means they will be filled. You've been hungry, you've been thirsty for a while, and you feel like you, you, you've been in the dark, and, and you feel like you don't know what to do with your children. You feel like you don't know what to do in your ministry. You feel like you don't know what to do with your life and what God's calling you to do. You feel like you don't know what decisions to make. You feel overcome with anxiety. You feel overcome with fear. But let me tell you what you need to do is have a fresh encounter with the light. Let him knock you down on your face and let you call out to him and say, God, what do you have for me? What will you will that I do? What do you have for me? And I'll tell you what, he'll baptize you again and afresh with his Holy Ghost. And you'll come out of there with Holy Ghost vision. This world needs to see the signs, but in order to see the signs, the light must be on. The light must be on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, we need to have a fresh encounter with the power of God. We need Him to, to, to remind us. To remind us, listen, you've lost sight. You think you're doing the right thing again, Paul? Thought he was doing the just and right thing. He said, you think you're doing the right thing, but I'll tell you, brother Paul, I have so much more for you. You're going in the wrong direction. Let tonight be the night that God has an encounter, that you have an encounter with you, that, God, that you would have an encounter with God and that he would have a meeting with you, that you would literally have a come to Jesus meeting. 
And he would impart to you something and say, listen, you've lost sight. You've lost your vision. You've lost your hunger. You lost your thirst. But listen, I'm here to correct that tonight. If you will but usher yourself in through prayer and through worship and through praise into my presence, I'm going to baptize you afresh. I'm going to pour something on you that's new. I'm done with the old wine skins. I'm done with, with, with all this. Listen, you just feel, you just come in with your empty jar and say, God, I feel like I have no anointing left. I feel like I have nothing left in the tank. And he said, you shut yourself in that door is what the prophet told the woman in 2 Kings chapter 4 he said you shut yourself in and you lock your children in there and you go in with them empty pots and you just begin to pour it out and pour it out and pour it out and he said if you lock yourself in a place of prayer, if you lock yourself in a place of fasting again, if you lock your, listen I know we've been fasting but this has to be something we live in this has to be something we thrive in this has to be something that we long for, that we long to see the lights come back on in the house of God now I'm not talking physical. What I'm talking about is the vision, is the power of God on display. What I'm talking about is something so much more. But you're going to have to lock yourself and your family in as the woman did and begin to pour it out and pour it out and say, God, all I have is empty vessels. I feel like I'm running on empty. He said, Oh, that's more than enough. All you got to do is lock yourself in. We know and we read all the time of Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost. We reference it all the time. It's, it's one of the pillars of the Pentecostal movement of the Pentecostal faith and, and I'll tell you it's an awesome chapter it's an awesome story but never forget that they spent 10 days locked in a room saying God you've promised us something God we need something God we, we want to be the light that you've told us to be but we can't do it on our own I can't do it by myself God I, I don't have the vision I don't have the mental capacity to do what you're calling me to do but I'm going to get alone with you until your light is shown forth until there's cloven tongues as a fire until there's a rushing mighty wind and when I come out of this upper room and when I come out of this chamber the world will know that the light is on and that there is redemption that there is deliverance that there is freedom that there is hope that there is strength that there is peace that I am more than enough but it comes with locking yourself in a room and saying God I don't have the vision you're going to have to give me the vision you're going to have to baptize me again with your Holy Ghost hallelujah 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 Bible tells us in John chapter 1 that in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not and there was a man sent from God whose name was John and the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that's what we're called to do to bear witness of the light that meant that all men through him might believe he was not that light but he was sent to bear witness of that light church it's a great commission we're called to point people to the light, to the power. We can't do it on our own. It's impossible. 
I, I can try to give you all the therapy that you want. I can try to meet with you all I can, and I'll do that. But listen, only thing I know to do, the only therapy I know of, Pastor, is listen, you come in here, empty yourself, and we're going to pray. That's all I know to do. I'm going to give you to God. And you need to learn to lay your life down on the altar of sacrifice. Because listen, you've heard me say it many times. Romans 12 and 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. What does the verse 2 say? What does verse 2 say? It says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Everybody wants to transform mind, but nobody wants to lay down life. You can't get to two without one. Church, I'm telling you, you can't have vision without having an encounter with the light. You can't have vision without having an encounter with a man by the name of Jesus Christ. You can't have vision without being baptized in the Holy Ghost and in fire. Listen, there's so much more that God wants us to do. Pastor says all the time around here that God's coming back for a glorious church. And a glorious church is a church that has went and expanded the kingdom. There's souls that need to be saved. There's lives that need to be transformed. There's signs that need to be seen in the house, in the church house, in your house, in the workhouse, in the schoolhouse, in the jailhouse. There's works and there's signs that need to be seen. But the light's got to come on in this life. You want to know where revival starts? Simply with me. Simply with you. If you can have personal revival, your home can have revival. If your home can have revival, your church can have revival. And if your church can have revival, your community can have revival. If your community can have revival, your county can have revival. If your county can have revival, your state can have revival. And if your state can have revival, this nation can have revival. Let the political system do what it wants to. Because they're, they're not the ones we're going to bow to one day. They're not the ones that are going to have the final say on my soul. But a man named Jesus has the last say. If they'll come to the music tonight, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tear long. But I want to tell you tonight, Jesus said this. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Someone needs to see the light in your life. Someone needs to see the light in your life. It's crazy. I read this text to you in Acts chapter 9. He has an encounter with the light. He, his vision is gone for a moment, but God sends Ananias to him, and Sister Mary Lou gives him Holy Ghost vision, restores him, re, he regains his sight. Brother Derek, he's a totally different man. Changed, transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
listen, I want you to realize again, we quote these verses all the time. But the Bible says in Romans 8, 11, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lived in you. If it's that powerful, it should change you. It should change you. And it changed Paul forever. And as you read through the book of Acts, from Acts chapter 9 on forward, there's some stories, Pastor, about Peter and some of the other disciples and things like this. But really, the the focus kind of shifts to Paul. This man that was once a persecutor of the faith, but now he's a promoter of the faith. A man that the song says, I once was blind, literally. I had no vision. But through the power of the Spirit of God, now I see. If you read on into Paul's life, you find that he's standing before two rulers in Acts chapter 26 Governor Festus King Agrippa Governor Festus had heard his case but King Agrippa was coming for a visit and he said listen I want you to stay here Paul we're not going to we're not going to move you on to Rome because Paul appealed to Rome he wanted to to preach the gospel really to Caesar the superpower of the world it's like preaching the gospel to the president that equivalent and in Acts 26 we pick up this story and Paul begins to to plead his case to King Agrippa which I don't know why but the king the, the king's name Agrippa I think is like totally cool I don't know why it just sounds and he's hearing his case and Paul begins to give his testimony and he says listen I was on a road to Damascus I was knocked off my horse he's really retelling Acts chapter 9 said Jesus spoke to me a man who I was trying to convince the world was dead I saw him saw the light it shone around about me had an encounter with his power with his presence I was blinded God restored my vision and all that but we know that but there's something that that Paul says here it's not recorded in Acts chapter 9 he says in verse 16 we catch him in the middle of this story this is God, this is Jesus talking to him these words are in red he says but rise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both these things which thou hast seen 
and of those things in, in the which I will appear unto you. Delivering thee from the people, from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee. But catch this. Opening four words. To open their eyes. To open their eyes. And to turn them from darkness in to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of their sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. You say, Pastor, what does, what does that have to do with anything? See, I want you to realize, again, we don't have the power to get vision, to get the Holy Ghost vision. God has for us, we have to seek Him and purge ourselves and get in alignment with Him to see what He sees, to feel what He feels, to know what He knows, to do what He wants us to do. But we also don't have the power in ourselves to give anyone else vision. Jesus said in the parable, He said, Listen, you're trying to get the speck out of your brother's eye. He said, You need to get the log out of your own. But I can't give anyone else vision. I, I can't. But what I can do is what Ananias did. Is Paul had an encounter with the light, and he didn't have the vision. But Ananias became a fulfillment of what Paul needed. And God used a man of God to walk into his home. And he said, Paul, I'm here to lay hands on you so that you can regain your sight. And that you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And what did Paul say? Paul remembered that. And he said, you know why? He said, you know what? God has called me to do. God has called me to be someone that walks into somebody else's life with the light and the power of God on the inside of them. A fulfillment of prophecy. A, a fulfillment, an answered prayer. And walk in and say, guess what? I've come to lay hands on you. So that you can receive vision for your life. And that you can be saved and set free and baptized with His Holy Ghost and with power. Why is it so important? 
to be baptized with His Holy Ghost and with power to be saved. Why is those things so important? Because we can't break the shackles of sin on our own. And Paul said, I just want to be a vehicle to open, to help open someone's eyes. Because someone helped me to open mine. Church, we must regain the vision. And the vision is simply to help others through the power of God to regain their vision. Never forget your blindness. You say, what do you mean? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Church, I want to see blind eyes open, not just physically. I want to see that because that's the signs. I want to see the signs. But I want to see someone come to these altars and get up. And Brother Brian, I remember how it used to be when I was a little boy. And you could just see the whole countenance of their, 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 their face, their, their life. They're just transformed because they were found. And now they could see. Church, we need the vision. But to have sight, we must first have an encounter with the light. You may be sitting here tonight, stand with me. You may now be standing.